He asked me a bunch of spiritual questions that I had to tell him at one part of the interview. Uh, I was like, I don't know what that means. You're going to have to help me out. I will never forget that. So, so thank you. But I'm scared of you. Just know that. Um. <laughs> Listen, man. I don't think the interview was that bad. I didn't do that bad. Uh, I didn't. I didn't treat you that bad, did I? <laughs> you know, it depends on on, on who you ask. You know, um, it's all subjective. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Multi Ethnic Gospel Approach Podcast, where we cover all things multi ethnic. What's up, ladies and gents? My name is Marcel. I want to welcome you to the Mega Podcast, a.k.a. the Multi-Ethnic Gospel Approach Podcast, where we cover all things multi-ethnic relating to ministry. And listen, I'm here with my guy, Micah Gaston, our campus pastor here at Three Circle Church in Midtown, and I'm super excited about our guest that we have here today. And uh, listen, we're going to jump into some some dope conversations, so just Absolutely. make sure you stay tuned the entire time. That's right. So without further ado, Micah Gaston, ladies and gentlemen, we might need to get some applause underneath <laughs> us right now. I don't know if I can lift that intro, bro. That was that was legit. Hey, man. Uh, Appreciate it, man. You know what I'm saying? I've been working on my intros. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. So we're so glad to have you along for this conversation. You know, our our goal is to equip you uh, as you lead in your context uh, on your block uh, to really do it on purpose and give you tangible things to do that. Uh, and so we have got a uh, a, a friend, a mentor, uh, who really has helped shape our campus. Yeah. Some extent, in fact, we wouldn't have uh, our worship pastor yes. if it wasn't for this guy. We're going to connect with uh, and his leadership there, and his staff, and Pastor Tommy, uh, and their great team you have there. Uh, of course, uh, your friend Darnell is a worship pastor yes. at Crossover Church. So, yeah. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to our guest today, uh, Pastor Christopher Harris, who is the executive pastor at Crossover Church in Tampa, Florida. And like I said, is uh, him and his staff have been so influential in us, continue to be as we lead here in Midtown. And so, Pastor Christopher, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your uh, kind of your, your ministry, what you're doing there at Crossover, and just let our guests get a, get a little bit of a sense of who you are. First of all, Mama, I made it. I am officially <laughs> on, the, on the mega podcast, y'all. It's, it's amazing. Pastor Micah and uh, family, thank y'all so much for allowing me to be on today. And uh, listen, man, that, that worship leader that you have sitting right next to you, uh, he's a rock star, and uh, it's a blessing to be able to see yeah. the incredible things that God has been able to do as he's married the two of you all together Absolutely. and uh, be able to do some incredible ministry. And so, um, yeah, Christopher Harris, I'm, uh, I'm the executive pastor at uh, the amazing Crossover Church. Shout out to uh, my, my church family, my lead pastor and our team, uh, Pastor Tommy and Pastor Lucy and Pastor Darnell, and just so many others that uh, are just, they're killing it every single week. Absolutely. Uh, we really do have an amazing team. Uh, I'm a husband, uh, a dad of four, uh, really privileged and blessed to uh, really, really be at a space in my life now where uh, family is, is just as important, more important than ministry. Mm. And so I always like to acknowledge them, of course, as well. Uh, podcaster, I have the Wise Idea podcast. It's a weekly podcast that we do as well. Uh, it's listened to now uh, currently. Um, we're over 150 episodes. Some, someone, I can't remember exact number now, but over 150 episodes, 25 countries every week. And so it's just really a blessing, man. Yeah, man. Um, two books incredible. out and uh, church consultant, travel and speak, and also am the founder uh, and CEO, uh, which is why Mr. Joseph, Pastor Joseph is there with you. 
uh, founder and CEO of DiverseChurchJobs.com. Uh, we are looking to continue to help people of color in ministry find incredible ministry opportunities. So awesome. Awesome. we have a we have a passion, man, uh, to see people walk in wisdom and walk in their purpose and a passion to see the local church be as healthy as it can possibly be. That's incredible. Absolutely. Listen, uh, so before I go into my next little bit, I just want to say, Pastor Christopher, I ain't going to lie, you scared me, man. <laughs> I was I was almost about to be like I'm I'm good. Listen, he grilled the crap out of me like on that interview. So, uh, but it gave me a whole newfound respect for what I do, and so I appreciate you and just your intentionality and and asking tough questions and being very uh and very concerned about the spiritual aspect of whomever you're uh, connecting to a church rather than just their gift. Because a lot of times we'll focus on the talent. Mm, and I don't true. think you asked me about my talent one time. <laughs> he asked me a bunch of spiritual questions that I had to tell him at one part of the interview. Uh, I was like, I don't know what that means. You're going to have to help me out. <laughs> I will never forget that. So so thank you. But I'm scared of you. Just know that. Um, <laughs> Listen, man, I don't think the interview was that bad. I didn't do that bad. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't treat you that bad, did I? <laughs> you know, it depends on, on, on who you ask, you know. Um, it's all subjective. He got the job. <laughs> That's right. He did get the job. Yes, I did. Thanks to you. So you know if you have Pastor Christopher and his firm <laughs> and uh, he does consulting for you to find a position for your church, yes. you can just know they've been vetted, all they've right? Been, they, they, they have they been thoroughly vetted, yeah. <laughs> so he's not just going to give you somebody that ain't really going to jive. He's, they're going to be Facts. a fix. I loved it, though. I loved yeah. it. I walked away with the vet, with the, with the huge respect, not for only sure. for him, but also for Three Circle Church and knowing that when I came into here that this was going to be a very serious thing. And it, it, it was an interview like none other. Yeah. So I know this is kind of just a, a shameless plug at this point. But listen, if you are looking to hire anybody for your church, uh, make sure you find this guy and his company and have him to do it because he's going to do uh, your ministry justice. That's I right. promise you. Yep. So, yeah, thank you just for all that you do. So with that being said, if you are currently watching um, this on YouTube, I want you to hit that subscribe button. I want you to hit the notification bell. I want you to share this with your mama, your auntie, your cousins, them, and tell them that the Mega Podcast is currently on, and I want you to share it with as many people as you can, all right? Also, if you're looking to get uh, in contact or, or connected with us on our other platforms, there's a link in the description below where you can go ahead and, uh, and click and follow us on those platforms as well. So with that being said, I'm going to give it back over to Micah um, because uh, Micah and Christopher uh, have uh, some very uh, some very strong history there, so I want to let them just kind of talk. I'm going to be a fly on the wall for a little bit, and then I'm going to chime in when I hear something real good, which <laughs> will probably right. be throughout the whole conversation because we got <laughs> two so. revelators on this episode. <laughs> right. So, yeah, let's Appreciate do it. it. Bro. <laughs> uh, so, Pastor Christopher, I know that you are a systems guy, uh, and I know you've written a book about systems particularly in the multi-ethnic and multi-class church. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, how that came to be in the sense, I know you bring this out to a larger extent in the book, but just how, you know, being a, a pastor establishing systems in a multi-class and multi-ethnic um, space in a church has some different components to it, different approaches to it. Um, so unpack that for us a little bit uh, and just some things that pastors, church planners need to know when they're leading in those contexts. Yeah, thank you, thank you again, uh, Pastor Micah, for for allowing me to be on. Uh, let me let me just uh, very quickly, as I answer that that question, primarily, let me let me just very quickly say this um, that I that I am I am a nerd. I I, I read a lot. Um, I I I study a lot. I, I try to be a boundary spanner and see what's out there, see who's writing, who's speaking, who the voices are, who the influences are in various spaces. Absolutely, um, and. 
very unapologetically spent quite a quite a bit of time uh, every week in bookstores, right? And prior to them closing down, uh, Cokesbury and Lifeway and Family Christian, you know, those are main Christian bookstores that all of us probably remember. And by and large, Pastor Micah, um, if you were to walk into any of those Christian bookstores and you were to go to, to the church administration section, by and large, any books that were in those sections that were around church strategy or church administration were particularly written uh, for predominantly a white church context. Mm. And there are some unique nuances to leading a multi-ethnic church or a church of color or an urban church. And you have to put all of those disclaimers on it because each one of those terms or that terminology means something in different places, right? Sure. Uh, the word urban in one place will mean something totally different than it may mean in another place. The word multi-ethnic may mean one thing in one place and it means something totally different. And so we have to put all those qualifiers because there's, we're not monolithic and you have sure. to put all those, those qualifiers there. And so I recognized as a bona fide, unapologetic nerd, probably as early as 2003, 2004, I, I, my, I started a ministry full time in 1999. And as I would spend time in those bookstores and I recognized even at that time, I was a youth pastor. Um, I was just wetting my, my beak in, in helping other churches and leading other youth pastors that, that these resources were not customized to my context. Mm. Uh, I don't have to name names, but there were video companies, there were youth curriculum companies, um, there, were, there were other ministry books, and, and I, I couldn't use their illustrations because the people in the videos didn't look like my kids. Sure. Uh, I couldn't use the curriculum uh, as it was presented because the, the illustrations were not relevant to the people that I was called to reach. Mm. And I, I, am, I am a son of the black church. Uh, I grew up in a black church context. While it's a wide lens that I grew up in and I would be considered a denominational mutt, um, I I did grow up in that context. And then God expanded the opportunities for me to reach beyond just the environment that I grew up in to reach others. I mean, when I was in college, I went to a predominantly white institution, a PWI, very large PWI. And, and while I was there, I was able to do ministry and be the only person of color in the room, even before I understood the dynamics of what that meant. Yeah. And so God knew what he was doing as he was sort of weaving the tapestry of my life together. Mm, wow. Long story short, I realized very on, very early on that there is a lack of quality resources available for churches that are not white suburban churches. Mm. And, and that, that just like Paul said, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel— that became a rallying cry for me and a conviction for me that never left me. Yeah. And so I, I, I needed to write a book to help churches that look like the churches that I was called to serve and the mm. churches that I was consulting, diverse churches, urban churches, multi-ethnic churches, yeah. uh, to think about systems, to think about strategy. Um, even things as simple as Pastor Micah, uh, predominantly in, in, in urban settings, uh, there's been a challenge with men getting engaged and involved in the church. Mm. And so people ask the question, why? And you sort of start, you start talking through those dynamics. And so I, I spend uh, almost a half of, half of a page in the book talking about what does your church smell like? Mm. Now, to some people, that's like, what are, what are you talking about? Well, you don't, you don't go to a man cave and smell potpourri, hmm. right? <laughs> you, when you go to a man cave, you smell a man cave. When you go into a barbershop, you smell a barbershop. Right. So something as simple as that, uh, it sends the signal that a man is welcome. Yeah. In in the context that we live in today, the church has to be intentional in every way, in a strategic and intentional way 
to say not that we dilute the gospel, yeah. right? But we intentionally have to think about how we make our spaces and how we do ministry and the language and the look and the feel that we offer to, to individuals that are not white, suburban, with two streams of income, with a two-parent home, uh, two cars, three cars in the garage, a uh, split-level home, the white picket fence, uh, two and a half kids, and a dog. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I think, I think with that spirit in mind, we need to figure out if we can get some incense that smells like buffalo wings or something, right? <laughs> or, or bacon. We'll draw the men in by the droves, right? Just filter it out into the street. Hello. Yeah. Get a little bacon mist out there. <laughs> yeah. We'll draw yeah, yeah you, man. But you, so, but, you, but you see, I mean, just yeah. that. I mean, people yeah, listening great. to this will probably be like, man, I never even thought about it, sure. right? But, but it matters depending upon who you, who you feel like you're called to reach. Sure. Absolutely. And I think not, you know, being, being able to you know, to um, not obviously you're seeking to reach women, but be able to defeminize space in some senses, you know, like all the flowers everywhere and everything being almost feeling like, uh, you know, everything can have that, that touch to where it's not welcoming to men, you know? Yeah. Church can be so pretty at times. It can be. It can be. I, I, I read a, I read a book uh, by this gentleman who was, he, he was a retired uh, C-suite leader for, for one of the major, um, uh, for one of the major uh, hotel chains. Um, and he spends an entire chapter in that book talking about the fact that when they were, when he was working for the company, Pastor Micah, they literally spent millions of dollars every year working on the fragrances, fragrances of the lobbies of their hotels. Wow. And when he, when I read it in the book, it dawned on me. And so I then started paying attention and like right now, anybody that's listening to this or even you all, the next time you go into a hotel, notice how certain chains have a similar smell to them. Wow. Right? Wow. And, and, and so that's not on accident. Yeah. Right? And so it's, it, it, yeah, and I could go on and on about it, yeah. but just that level of intentionality, I believe that the church has to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. In Luke chapter number 16, uh, the, Jesus tells a parable about the unjust steward, and yet he commends the unjust steward for being wise in how he approaches his business. Mm. And then he says in that passage that the children of the world are often wiser than children of the light, mm. which says to us that there are things that the church can learn from business sure. and from other industries that yeah. could make us better that's good. in preaching the message that really can save the world. That's right. Wow. That's and that's good. what we call contextualization, right? Making sense of the timeless message in a timely way. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Pastor Christopher, I'd love, to, I'd love to jump into just a minute because um, I know in the book you outline, you know, seven essential systems every church should have. And I know maybe there are church planners listening to this podcast, people that, uh, you know, are just getting started in something, uh, or maybe they're revitalizing something they're needing to establish a framework to do ministry. Could you, uh, could you give us those seven systems and maybe unpack a little bit about their significance and uh, and why we have to have this framework to do, you know, faithful uh, and uh, and really successful in some ways to grow a church, which means reaching people. Why they're so important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let me just let me say as I answer those seven those questions about the seven systems, uh, it's important for everybody to know that everything that God does, He does on a system and on a rhythm. Sure. Every single thing that God does, He does on a That's system good. and He does it on a rhythm. When you think about creation. Right. It's all in a system and it's on a rhythm. That's why we call it the solar system. Right. That's That's why you have multiple systems that make up the human body. Um, Even the timetable that it operates on. 
if your if your heart skips a beat out of the system that it's supposed to beat in, there's going to be issues, right? That's right. If you miss a rhythm uh, in terms of your breathing, there's going to be issues, right? And so everything that God does, He does on a system, and He does on a rhythm. And so it's important for us to think about this in the context that he does the same thing when he created the organism known as the church, Mm. that he wanted there to be systems that help to govern the church. And a system is simply a set of practices that make up a whole that work together to move the organization forward. And so you have... Uh, you have your your strategic system. Your strategic system is basically your system that helps to make sure everything else, all the other cogs, are working together. Uh, you have your stewardship stewardship system. Your stewardship system uh, is essentially how do we create generous minded people in our church, and it looks at um, how we develop uh, givers, how we grow givers. Um, how we help people understand about stewardship and finances of not just their their money, but also their talent and their treasure. Absolutely. We have the weekend system, uh, which is essentially um, all of the different pieces that help make your weekend or your weekday services work together. Uh, and I say weekend or weekday because obviously the pandemic has forced us to pivot and to change how we do things. Uh, traditionally, uh, all churches had to worry about was Sunday, but now you may have a midweek service or a Thursday night service or a Tuesday night service, which, by the way, parenthetically, I would encourage pastors really, really think about your target audience yeah. because I believe in the future for everybody, church may not be Sunday anymore. Yeah. For some people, some churches, their Sunday is not going to be Tuesday night, right, yeah. or Tuesday at noon. Yeah. Uh, and so you got to really identify who your target audience is. So that, that w- weekend system helps to make all of that work together. It's, yeah. For many cases, it's preparing the, 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 the wide on ramp for new people to your church. That's you have right. uh, your evangelism system. Your evangelism system is how do we as a church, not just individuals, but how do we as a church intentionally share the gospel? And mm-hmm. how do we share that gospel with unbelievers? And I, and I say that intentionally that way because oftentimes, Pastor Micah, um, uh, pa- Pastor, Pastor Joseph, we, we, um, there, we do a lot of member swapping. Mm. We don't do a lot of evangelism. Preach, come right? On, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's I say, right. I said, come on, sir. That's right. Yeah, we, we do a lot of member swapping. We don't do a lot of new growth. And so it's important for the church to have an intentional effort around how we actually share the gospel. And that is a little bit different uh, than your outreach system, which I actually, uh, after I wrote the book, realized that there's some additional systems that I would add to that. The Mm. outreach system is one of those, that you need to have an intentional process and strategy and plan around how your church does outreach. Um, I think one of the other systems is leadership system. How do we intentionally develop leaders as a part of our church? What is our process? What is our mechanism? Who's responsible for that, et cetera, et cetera. We have uh, the ministry system. Uh, which is how do we intentionally help people get engaged in the life of the church or to help do ministry within the four walls of the church, uh, helping to make ministry happen. Uh, and then finally, um, you have your assimilation system. And um, I, I have uh, I have had, as of late, some reservations about that term assimilation. Mm. But for the sake of our discussion, I'll continue to use it. Uh, the assimilation system is how do we take a first-time guest uh, or a first-time visitor and move them through a process where they become an active, vibrant member or contributor or partner into the life of our church. Let me add, um, again, there's some other systems that I feel like that the church needs to have in place. Uh, And and I mentioned the outreach. I believe that justice, every church needs a justice system. Mm. And that is how do we lean in and speak to the issues 
of justice that are relevant for our local community. I don't believe that every church needs to overwhelm themselves uh, by trying to speak to every national or global issue, sure. although there are some that you can. Yeah. But I absolutely believe that if the church is going to be relevant in your local community, there are local issues that your church needs to be a part of. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So, uh, you know, I know you could, again and again, you know, um, Pastor Christopher, you can go to his website. Pastor Christopher, what is that? Your website. Uh, so I, I have I have three different websites. So my personal website is ChristopherJHarris.com, ChristopherJHarris.com. Um, my podcast website is TheWiseIdeaPodcast.com, TheWiseIdeaPodcast.com. And then uh, Diverse Church Jobs is DiverseChurchJobs.com. You can go to Christopher J. Harris and get to all of those. But uh, just just for the sake of documentation, uh, those are the three uh, main websites. And I'm I'm on social media uh, on any platform at CJ Harris O N E. That's my 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 uh, my social media handle on every platform. Hey, and I'm on Pinterest too. Nice, hey. nice. Hey, and the reason why I mention that is I'd encourage you to go get the book because obviously you know uh, we're just doing a thirty minute or so podcast, and yeah. so uh, if you really wanted to weigh into these things, he's got great content there for how you would apply this and uh, and be able to really uh, go down into the minutia of it and apply it in your context. Right. But let's say, Pastor Christopher, uh, that you were sitting down with a church planner, uh, and he's needing to establish and get some of these systems up and running. Um, what are some best practices and dangers to avoid in some of these systems that are maybe your, your top your top three or four of those saying, hey, maybe, maybe you're going to just get started with some of these things, but here's some things to keep in mind as you establish systems as you plant. Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> I think in a very practical way, and we want to definitely do, uh, definitely offer some tangible tools for people to walk away with. Uh, I, I honestly believe that one of the most important questions before you get into the systems even is answering the question, who are we and who are we called to reach? Mm. I, I, I think if a church cannot and does not answer that question, quite candidly, they're going to be all over the place. Yeah, mm. there, there are enough voices, there are enough resources, there are enough coaching networks, there are enough paid opportunities, yeah. there are enough conferences, virtual conferences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, for you to literally spend almost your whole budget trying to answer these questions. Wow. And, and, you know, the truth of the matter is uh, everybody wants just the formula. Just give me the formula yeah. and I'm going to run with it. And, and that's that's really not how ministry works. Right. right. Sure. Um, I think even as a result of this pandemic, any any coach or consultant that tells you that they've got the end all be all solution for you, uh, just drop this in and you'll be good. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a little misleading. Right. Absolutely. Because I think if you as a pastor or a planter or a leader in ministry, if you don't clearly know um, who you are as a church and who you're called to reach, then then. None of this is going to matter because mm. if you don't answer those two questions first, um, then you're going to be in trouble. Um, you know, I, I've said, Pastor Micah and Pastor, Mar Pastor Marcel, I, I've said to multiple pastors before, and they don't necessarily like to hear this. Your church is called to share the gospel with everybody, but you're not called to reach everybody. Mm. And you got to be clear yeah. about who you're called to reach and who you're not called to reach. Yeah. Because if you're trying to reach everybody, you're not really going to effectively reach the people you're actually called to reach. Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah. So, like, just, man, that's so heavy because, and from a marketing sense, like, we have a target market. Like, most businesses have a target market. You know, all successful businesses have a target market that they're going after. And a lot of times, you know, when we're 
talking church, we like to stay away from business terms. But essentially, like you have people that you're assigned to, that your context and what you offer in your gatherings are going to be uh, palatable for. You know, for the way that they like to receive or whatever have you. And then it's going to be some people that are not going to like to receive. Yeah. No matter how creative and how progressive your church right. is, there are some people who are just not going to prefer that. Yeah. And so we have to understand the people that we're going to reach and uh, the people that we're called to reach, as you said. And I like to say it like this. Like, you got to understand who you're assigned to and who you're not assigned to. It's you know so everybody you want to give them you know a, a aspect of Jesus Christ introduce them to him or remind them that he exists he's there for them and all that stuff but some people even individuals like you're just not called to them you know they're just in in the in the passing if you will sure. and so I don't want to say in a way because that's a little that's a little harsh but you get what I'm saying like they're just in in the passing as you're going about ministry and that's okay and I think that once we understand the difference. That'll be that'll allow us to be become more much more healthier in how we do ministry and making sure that you know we're reaching the people that God has called us to. Yeah, yeah, and you know what's amazing about that too is um, having a target audience for your church doesn't mean that you don't make space for other gifts in your church. Sure, absolutely. But how those how those gifts and those anointings and the grace that are on individuals' lives it adjusts to what the mantle is or the calling is for that particular location or that particular church. Absolutely. Uh, for example, and I know that you guys uh, either have had or will have my pastor on uh, this platform as well. Absolutely. Um, my, my pastor, because of his background, uh, because of his DNA, because of the uniqueness that God has called him to be, he's a pioneer in Christian hip hop. Absolutely. Uh, God has given him a gr- special grace around uh, around music and the arts and things, things like that, right? And, and I'm a former musician. I used to play drums. I used to be a drum major. I, you know, played saxophone. All of those nice. things. I didn't know that. Awesome. But I, I can't that. rap. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I can't rap. As a matter of fact, most rap music, I have no clue what they're saying. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I can't serve effectively at the church where I'm called to serve. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, my pastor is an extrovert. Uh, he's going to carry business cards into the gym. He wants to talk to people in the gym Absolutely. and tell them about the church and things of that nature, right? Um, he has a huge heart for um, for the disenfranchised to the church mm. uh, and things of that nature. And, yeah. and so we have a very strong outreach arm of our church. Yeah. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have a conviction around discipleship. Yeah. I, I want to help mature people once they've said yes. Right? Once they've made a commitment to Christ. Yeah. And so you're, as long as your church makes room for the different gifts in the body of Christ, That's right. then, then, then those, those gifts should be able to operate in a clear way as long as your church knows who you are and who you're called to reach and serve. Come on. And part of that just demonstrates an understanding. All right, guys. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties, um, but we're back. We're back. Uh, your boy forgot to plug in his computer. And so because of that, we lost power. But, you know, we still got Jesus and we That's still right. got Pastor Christopher Harris with us. There we go. And so <laughs> we were uh, leaning into just the understanding of the terminology target audience in a church uh, perspective. And then Pastor Christopher was talking about how him and Pastor Tommy there at Crossover Church in Tampa, um, how they have different strengths and how they all work together in creating room for both of those gifts and all of those gifts to work together in one church, in one context, and uh, just in different ways, and being able to lean into that and embrace it. So, Pastor Christopher, I want to just unleash you to finish kind of, uh, you know, just laying out that point and just kind of the the thought that you were uh, already in. 
Yeah, which, which is really easy. And that is, you know, the, the challenge, uh, the encouragement to all in ministry is to um, have what I call the triple triple threat. And that is you don't need just IQ. Right. But you need high EQ mm. and high SQ. Yeah. Right. And, and so um, anybody can read books, get degrees and be smart. That's the that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. Right. Like getting degrees and certifications is only a matter of focus, commitment, time and money. Sure. So anybody can do that. Yes, OK. Sir. But not everybody is growing in terms of emotional intelligence. Mm. And, and that also means self-leadership. Right. Yeah, John absolutely. Maxwell, of course, the, the, the head honcho of all things leadership. Uh, talks about that the, the the most important person that you will ever lead is yourself. Yeah. And, and so not not you know, the church has not done a good job historically, particularly the urban church, um, in navigating issues of pride among leadership. Mm. And, and that we this pandemic has exposed that in, a, in an even greater way. Mm. Um, you know, by and large, uh, churches that are suburban and larger, uh, some of that can get masked because the pastor. Uh, can can be a little bit more distant from the people, disconnected from the mm. people because there's staff in between that person and the people. Uh, but the smaller the church, the more exposed that becomes. Sure. And so it's it's critically important that that EQ is growing and strong and high, and then that SQ. Uh, and and it's sad that we have to say this, but my God, man, in the church today, we need leaders that like authentically don't just work for God. They have an authentic relationship with God. Mm, Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good. Yeah. And, um, and I know we, we started kind of going down this trail from, from, you know, just looking at, you know, originally as you, as you're talking with maybe a church planner or church revitalizer in a context, you know, about, uh, how they're going to establish and, and work out system in their context. So we talked about how, first of all, you have to know who you are as a church then also who you're called to reach and talking about how you really have to define that. Like for us at Midtown, for instance, when Marcel was coming on, we're having this conversation, I said, Marcel, there's something we're not going to reach. We're not going to reach your, your, um, your uber traditional white evangelical that wants to sing from hymnals and that sort of stuff. We're not going to reach them. Right. We're just not, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But the same thing, you know, a person that is, you know, super traditional black evangelical, we're not going to reach he or she most likely either. If they're wanting to wear a suit and, and dress to the nines for Sunday morning, you know, we're in a context where we got a lot of single moms. Yeah. Unless it's a funeral uh, or a wedding, so it's a really happy, really sad occasion, I'm not wearing a tie and I'm not wearing a suit. I right. never will. They're going to feel real uncomfortable. That's they right, because I don't want suit. them to feel like they have a dress code. <laughs> you know, If they can't dress their kids to nine, they ain't coming to church. I don't want right. that to be our culture. Uh, and so we had to say there are certain people that I told them we were never going to have ushers with gloves. Uh, you know, we're just, that's just not us. Come you on, know? we just need one mother. We need one mother to be a Holy Ghost if you, enforcer. If you, hey, Pastor Micah, I, I dare you to start a new trend in the church. What's that? Have your ushers wear one glove on one hand. We're going to call it the Michael Jackson ministry. <laughs> hey, as long as they don't feel like they have to pair a dance with it, I'm okay with that. As long as they feel like they dance like the aisle to escort people to their seats, I'm fine with that. That's gonna be our hee hee team. They're gonna move. They're gonna moonwalk people to their seats, right? <laughs> hey, hey, that that, uh, that actually probably we could start a trend on that. That go viral. Oh, man. You probably right. <laughs> man, they they do they do moonwalk down there right? midtown, right? Moonwalk midtown. That's it. That's it. That'd be our new that'd be our new vision statement right, right there. So horrible, man. Church is out of this world. Yeah, and we did a moonwalk. But it's it's crazy how many people are stuck you know, on those nuances sure. of tradition 
and just religiosity. And it's just because of what we're trying to do in this multi-ethnic context and, and, and the light that we're trying to be in our community, um, that just doesn't work for what we do and for what we're, for what God has called us to do. And so honestly, if that's all you're looking to reach, that may be perfect for you. Mm. But I mean, we're in 2021, so I'm just going to say what I'm going to say and, uh, don't throw no stones at me, please. But, uh, yeah, some things need to change in Jesus' name. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that right there. Pastor Marcel, let me let me just say this, too, parenthetically, really quickly, and I know our time is getting away from us. Um, I, I used to be very, very hard on churches that were not doing what they should be doing. Mm. But the more churches that I become exposed to and the more history in our nation that I become exposed to, yeah. Uh, the more empathy that I have in that engagement. That doesn't That's change good. the accountability that I think we need to have. Sure, sure. But That's I do good. become more empathetic because I realize that for many churches and for many leaders, what they're doing is all that they've ever seen. Correct. Yeah. What they are what they are repeating sure. is all that they all is all that they know. Yeah. yeah. And so r- rather than saying you should be doing uh, let me let me just expose you to some other things that may be out there. Yeah. And then let me just help you figure out if this is the decision that will work best for your context. That's good. Right. That's good. That's good. See, see, Jesus came to walk in grace and truth, and so did Pastor Christopher Harris. That's right. You know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? That's right. That's right. <laughs> he just quickened. That's he right. He just quickened. So in closing up here, uh, Pastor Christopher, uh, so let's say, let's say that you uh were having a conversation and, and um and you wanted to just say, hey, here's a couple things that I have found are a couple of the biggest problems um, as far as systems uh, in a multi-ethnic, multi-class, urban context. You're saying, look, before you get to any of these other things that are important, here's two big things that I often see that are issues, that are problems that you need to begin to process and walk through these if you're going to really um, you know, plan for what you want to do to grow you're going to have to address these two big issues. Uh, Great question. Uh, I think the first thing that I would say, and this is going to seem really, really elementary, but I think it's critical, Mm. is each pastor, each planter, each revitalizer, each strategist, each ministry leader has got to answer the question, how is our church making disciples? Mm. How are we making disciples? When we look back over this pandemic and we see the churches that are doing well or that have, that have been sustained, uh, some are ahead of the curve and absolutely knocking out of the park, but at least those that are, that are doing relatively well, I, I believe that there's an element that you will be able to find when the research comes out that prior to the pandemic, those churches prioritized discipleship. Mm. Now, and in, in, in evangelical cultural context, for many, that's going to automatically mean, oh, they had great, strong groups. Uh-uh, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Because in, 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 in some multi-ethnic urban environments, small groups may not work. Mm-hmm. Come on. Now, that's, that is profanity to some people. <laughs> what, what do you mean small groups don't work? Mm-hmm. Well, I talk about it in the book. Yeah. I talk about why some cases it may not work. Uh, generally speaking, people of color, whether it's Hispanic, whether it's Asian, whether it's African-American, generally speaking, are already communal 
focused people. Sure. And sure. so if we take what growth groups are, or what small groups are, and try to impose a forced structure and a forced conversation on something that is already organic, we may actually be breaking up what's already existing. Mm. And so it's important for us to be clear about those kinds of dynamics. Sure. So, so I think unequivocally, it's important for every church to ask the question, how are we intentionally making disciples? Absolutely. Um, and that's not, that has to extend beyond just Sunday. Sure. Uh, it has to, uh, that question has to be prioritized over how much outreach and how much community work we do. Mm. And I do think churches should be involved in the community. Sure. But I think that every church and every pastor has to be careful because if we're, if we're not careful, we can let culture put a demand on us that we should be doing certain things in the community. Oh, well, that's what the church is supposed to do, right? We hear people say things like that. But we don't hear them say when we're preaching the gospel, oh, well, that's what the church is supposed to do as well mm, because yeah. they don't want to hear the conviction. Mm. They want to hear the holiness and the call for righteousness, yeah, right? Boy, man. Mm. And if we're not careful, we will miss the reality that the church is the only institution that God created to actually share, spread the gospel, and make disciples. Absolutely. Yeah. There's all kinds of service-focused and, and outreach organizations in your community. Yeah. You can name 30 of them right now. Sure. And we yeah. should partner with them, and we yeah. should help. Yeah. But we should never do that at the sake of helping to make disciples. So that's Absolutely. the first thing. Yeah, I think the second thing that I would offer, and I'll stop after this, is the critical need to actually build leaders. And I say that even with acknowledging that right now at the time of this recording, we are still trying to figure it out ourselves. Mm, yeah. we, we are still tinkering with the system. And we've tried, you know, three or four or five different things. They worked for a short period of time and then they fell apart. Mm. Right. And so we're experimenting and we're doing pilot programs and we're reading this and reading that and spending lots of time strategizing. Yeah. But here's what I do recognize. Building people as leaders means building people. That's right. So it's mm. not just that I'm trying to give them leadership principles. Absolutely. I've got to learn how to build those people. Mm, and as good, I man. build them, then they eventually become leaders. Oh, that's good, man. And I'll yeah. stop there. That's so mm. good. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm, I'm gonna tell you like I tell like I told Micah, you're walking heavy, Doc. You're walking heavy. <laughs> hey man, that's that's where he their whole conversation he there, right? He understood. <laughs> he understood. I told I told him in a black church with with a with a preacher's uh, you know, on a heavy topic, like, hey Doc, you're walking heavy now. You're walking <laughs> See, he got the hand hey, ready. In, in the black church context, Pastor Micah. The, the 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 better you're talking, the uglier the people's faces are in the seats. <laughs> Come on now. Yes, sir. <laughs> so if you've got a strong grimace going on, you know you're doing what you need to do, right? All Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Pastor Christopher, thank you so much for yeah, joining man, thank us. Thank you. It's been thank awesome. You. It's been an incredible, an incredible time, an incredible conversation. So, uh, man, you are a gym. You Absolutely, are a gem. We appreciate so you. So thank you for being you. Uh, hey, if you're tuning in right now, you're still with us. Thank you so much for uh, being uh, here uh, and, and, and staying connected with us, even through all of our technical issues. Um, again, we apologize for that. However, it has been a phenomenal time. And we want you to share this video. We want you to like it. We want you to subscribe. And as well, uh, hit that notification bell. And if you want to listen to the podcast, just the audio versions, we have a link in the description where you can follow us on all of our podcast platforms. So that way you can stay connected with us on the go or rather you're at home chilling. All right. So share with people. Tell people that Mega Podcast is in full effect. And go have a mega-tastic week. That's right. Right. Yep. 
Awesome. We out.